0: the Social Media Strategy Podcast, where you learn from the world's leading social media strategists.
1: Brought to you by worldpodcast.com. Hi. This week, we've got an exciting new guest, as always, and I'm really excited because he's coming in all the way from England, and it's kind of late there. But before we jump in and talk to Ian, there have been some major changes with Facebook over the last few weeks, especially uh, in New Zealand, we've seen Uh, mood buttons come up in comments where there's lots of changes in Facebook Messenger and as well as Facebook is releasing the dual live video uh, platform so where you can do a live video with two people. Now I've been testing all week and I still don't have it so I'm sort of like hurry up Facebook because I really want to jump in and do videos with uh, my friends overseas So just keep an eye out for that. It's coming really soon. Hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, you have it. I'm really looking forward to hearing you guys jump into the Facebook group and tell me how it's going or jump onto my Facebook page, Pauline Stockhausen, and let me know if you are trying it, what sort of tactics you are using. Um, I'm really excited to see how everyone is using it when it comes out. It's so exciting. I just can't wait. Now, today's guest is a social media expert in his own right. He's called the Tools Guy, but he is so knowledgeable about everything from Facebook Live, the tools that you can use, and I am brought him on today to talk about Twitter. He's really knowledgeable about Twitter. His name is Ian Anderson Gray, and he has his own company called Seriously Social. Welcome, Ian.
0: Hi, Pauline. It's great to be here.
1: Thanks for being here. Now, um, just let's just do a little bit of a background. Um, We both speak at social media marketing world, isn't that right?
0: That's right, yeah. <laughs> we were speaking there recently, weren't we?
1: Yeah, we were there. And it was so cool because I actually got to spend – we had lunch together, didn't we, with um, Cliff Ravenscraft. We went to Chipotle.
0: Oh, it was great. It was uh, lovely food, lovely company. We had a, a really good time, didn't we?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, we did. And, um, you know, that's where I learned that you were talking about Twitter and I just – I knew you know, for my audience, Twitter is a real um, platform that people don't understand. They go on it and they sort of like, it doesn't work for me. So I really wanted to Mm -hmm. jump in and, um, you know, glean some knowledge off you. But first I really want to hear about your story because you, uh, so we met at lunch and um, I was like, oh yeah, no, he was really cool. And then the next morning there was a keynote. And, you know, I'm sitting there drinking my coffee like, oh, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen. And then some, suddenly there's this um, people start singing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, this is interesting. And then suddenly I look up and there you are singing on the stage. So you're not, you're just like three dimensional and you just blew my mind. And I know this is not about social media, but man, do you have a voice.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, it is, it is funny, isn't it? We we all have, uh, there's more, there's more to us than what you see sometimes. And uh, we all have our different stories, don't we? So I mean, back in the day, you know, I trained as a singer and music's been a big part of my life. So, and uh, in, in many ways, I kind of fell into the whole social media world that I'm in now. And it's, it seems to be a common story. There's, there are quite a few musician Or musical type people, or or arty type people, that have gone into the social media marketing world—it's kind of a relatively common thing. I keep on bumping into other musical people. Um, So so, certainly, at social media marketing world, I kept on bumping into all these musicians.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh, and that is so true. I mean, we all put out this type of. Uh, persona online, but not necessarily share, you know, our backgrounds and stuff. So I was like really blown away. And the little skit that you did was really cute, Um, you know, and I had the tune in my head the whole day that day. So I was (laughs) like, oh, I can't wait to see you again and tell you about it. Um, But, yeah, like let's just jump in and let's talk about your story, you know, Um, you know, where you are and how did you get to this point um, with your business, with speaking internationally, I know. I think I saw that you'd you'd just been overseas. Uh, it was Copenhagen or Denmark. Was that right? It,
0: well, it was, it, there was Poland actually. Oh,
1: it was Poland. That's right. So I was thinking, man, he's getting around. So yeah, let's just do a little bit of a background on on you. Tell me about you.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a kind of funny few years, definitely. I mean, I, I as I said, I, I studied studied music then I studied as a singer. So music was a massive part of my life, but I was all, I've always been interested in technology as well. I've been a bit of a geek, it has to be said. <laughs> and when I left music college, I started building websites. I built my own website. I built websites for my friends and my dad retired around that time. And we thought, you know, it'd be a really good idea to start a website business. You know, this was back in the early noughties. So, so I started doing that. And m- most of the people that I knew were musicians. So we started building websites for musicians. But the problem with that is, that, generally speaking, musicians don't have any money. So it was (laughs) not a good business model. So we started building websites for uh, businesses. And over time, I was still singing. I was still teaching singing at the time. And it was a bit of a juggle, to be quite honest. It was quite a struggle doing all of those things. And I wasn't able to focus really on my business as much as I would like to. So fast forwarding uh, to around 2011, 12, I had been procrastinating for years and years, um, which I'm very, very good at procrastinating. (laughs) And I really wanted to do, uh, to launch my own blog. I wanted to blog and and I kept on starting blogs and then not finishing them. Or or, you know, not thinking they were very good. So I said, anyway, I set up this blog and I started writing about technology, about social media and tools, stuff that I was really interested in. And it was it was around that time that I was playing with a tool called Hootsuite, and I really, really liked Hootsuite. But there was a few frustrations that I had with it. So I decided, just as a bit of fun, to write a blog post. On my frustrations with Hootsuite and it became an article called Seven Reasons Not to Use Hootsuite. And it's maybe a bit of a clickbaity title, but it was actually quite um, a balanced article. I like to think it was looking at the pros and the cons. I didn't know this at the time, but that article effectively uh, kickstarted my career in social media because it started to get a lot of traction. And after about a year, it was getting 10,000 views per month. Wow! And more, more and more people were coming to my blog. I was writing more articles and I ended up being asked to speak. So this was back in, this was fast forwarding to about 2015. I I, I was asked to speak at a conference in my home city of Manchester in the UK at a big social media conference. And I thought, wow, this is, this is great. I, I, you know, but, but scary. So I went to this conference and I went on stage. I was absolutely petrified and I had serious, what do we call it? Um, so, uh, what's the, the phrase? Um, uh, I can't remember the phrase now, but basically I stood on stage <laughs> yeah. and I thought, what on earth am I doing here? You know, that type of thing. Oh,
1: imposter, syndrome. imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome.
0: Thank you. God. Imposter syndrome. We I just all have it. was. Yeah. So I, I, I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I doing? And then I got out on stage and something clicked into place. And I think it was that kind of all that training I had as a singer just transferred into me speaking. And I somehow this kind of the energy that I got from the from being nervous and, and scared kind of was transferred into me speaking. And I absolutely loved it. But at that conference, there were quite a few other speakers that I got to meet. I got to meet Mary Smith and Melanie Dodaro and a few other people. In fact, you know, the connections that I made at that conference were amazing. Um, And that year, I also decided to give in to another fear that I had of um, all this... I really wanted to go to social media marketing world in San Diego, but I could only think of all the reasons why it wasn't a good idea. You know, it was so far away. It was going to cost a lot of money for me to go. But in the end I went and all the people that I met at that conference just really changed my business. I joined these uh, mastermind groups. And then a year later I ended up speaking at social media marketing world. And uh, that was just, uh, just amazing. So I, it's really from all the connections that I made And um, that I ended up um, being asked to speak, and then I was speaking at Social Media Marketing World for the second time this year. So oh, um, I was asked Our battle, stories which was nice. are similar, like- <laughs> um, So, so that's that's basically what's happened. I've ended up writing more blogs. I've gone more into, uh, as well as talking about social media tools. I'm talking about live video, and I've written wrote an article last year which went completely ballistic, and, and unfortunately, I uh, brought my site down completely. Oh. And I had to do some quite. Uh, um, hardcore things with my hosting to try and get it back up again, but, uh, all is well now. So it's, it's, it's a, an example of when social media, sorry, when content marketing can actually, um, hurt you <laughs> with that article. Definitely.
1: That's so funny. Our uh, stories are very, very similar. I had the same situation where I, you know, obviously New Zealand is miles away from social media marketing world. And it was like, do I go, um, you know, it's a lot of money. And then I went and I, the same connections, had amazing, made amazing connections, made amazing friends. And I spoke the next year as well. So we're very similar. And we both had the total imposter syndrome. I mean, I think it affects, <laughs> it affects everyone, right? And I still, no matter, I think no matter how many times you get up and speak, you have this moment of like a few, like five seconds, like, oh my God, people are going to realize yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it fixed us all.
0: I, I think it's probably a good thing in a way. I, I kind of hate to admit it because I'd mm-hmm. rather just be able to go on stage and not be nervous and and just get on with it. But I think it kind of shows that you care. You know, I, I went thinking back to my career as a singer. I remember there was two there were two concerts I did. I went on stage for this, there was a big concert. It was a really difficult piece of music. Um, and I went on stage with a full orchestra and a choir the, behind me and I was so, so nervous, but it ended up being the best performance I'd, I'd given because of all the nervous energy I had the following week. I did another concert and I wasn't really nervous at all. In fact, uh, I, 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 I don't know why it was, I, I just, but it just didn't go very well at all because there wasn't that energy. So, yeah, but imposter syndrome can be a bit of a problem as well, because it can then turn into this negative voice in your head that says that you don't know your stuff. And there's nobody, nobody wants to hear your voice. Nobody wants to buy your course. Mm-hmm. And that is not good. And that that so that is a kind of a part of maybe imposter syndrome that needs to be eradicated and something that uh, I'm currently trying to eradicate <laughs> uh, all the time. But I know I'm not the only one that uh, struggles with that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And so just jumping into that whole speaking at social media marketing world, you know, this year you were speaking on, on Twitter and, um, you know, Twitter was my favorite platform. That was sort of where I came into social media. I did have Facebook, but Twitter was where I realized the power of what you could do with social media mm-hmm. And so but the last few years, you know, I don't use it how I used to use it. So, you know, are you finding, you know, with Twitter the same thing or are there new, you know, what's your experience with Twitter over the last few years?
0: Yeah, so that, that that's a common a common story. You know, I, and and actually, you know, I would I would be lying if I said it was any different. You know, I think it has changed. And unfortunately, Twitter hasn't done itself any any favors. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's made some very bad decisions. So a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's the end of Twitter," you know, and and also it's it's an old it's an old platform. So there are these platforms that you you know you mentioned, you know, Facebook Live. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I I've been an, I've been a, an Android user for years and years and years. And this whole split screen Facebook Live thing that people have, have been going on about, and everyone has been getting, apart from me, <laughs> I was getting so frustrated. That I ended up driving to my local Apple store and buying an iPhone because of that. So, <gasps> you know, all these new shiny tools yeah. are kind of driving us to um, to to spend all our time on, and we forget actually that the tried and tested platforms such as Twitter still work. There's so much so much power and um, for, that you can get from these tools. So, I think we need to. You know, not get overly. We we can get a little bit excited by the new tools, such as Facebook Live. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they are powerful platforms, but we f- we can sometimes forget how much power we can get from the likes of Twitter. And it's still the best network really for networking and introducing people to um, to your network and things like Twitter chats and uh, and sh- you know, th- th- I would say that Twitter is still my top um, referring social network for my website without doubt. So it still works.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, I have to totally agree. I mean, for sending traffic to my website, Twitter is definitely, um, still up there. I mean, I still use it, but I just don't use it how I used to. Um, but what are some what are some ways that businesses can get in on the whole Twitter and use it effectively? I mean, are there little tips that you give advice um, to companies on how they can use it? Mm.
0: Well, yeah, there's there's a, there's a there are a few things. So the, the first thing is treat it like any other platform. It's a it, it is a very noisy platform, and mm. I think what is missing is is actually quality content content. So although it's a fast moving platform and people tend to tweet a lot more than they will say, uh, post on Facebook, you still need to make sure that your content actually stands out. So it's a case of sharing quality content that your, your followers are likely to, to enjoy and to like. So that's sharing other people's content. It's sharing your own content, but try to be different. Um, use video, for example. So I I wouldn't overuse this, but if you are connect, you, you've somebody who's followed you, you could, instead of just sending them one of these kind of stock phrases, thank you for following me. Why not send them a quick video? It it's, I know video is a scary thing, but you know, you just pick up your phone and you can record a really quick, short video, um, just asking them how they are and, and, and asking them a little bit more about themselves. So you're actually Instead of kind of looking at the number of followers that you have and trying to increase that number, what you what you really want to do is to increase the number of quality followers that you've got and build, as Mark Schaefer calls it, you know, your alpha audience. That's instead of getting so excited by the number of followers, you know, it's the quality followers that you want. So that's definitely one thing I would do. Try and create content that stands out and build relationships With people, you know, be I know it's a kind of overused phrase, but be human on Mm. social media. Um, I'm not against using automation, uh, but you need to use these kind of tools that automate on Twitter selectively and intelligently. And let's face it, you know, I think most of us are like this. You know, you get in front of a computer screen or or behind your screen, and it's kind of easy to lose your humanity. and, And I think we forget to actually connect with people and build relationships and twitter is no different to any other platform uh when it comes to that
1: oh you just that little tip there has given me a great idea
0: <laughs> go on
1: <laughs> oh i was just thinking um okay so you're talking about that and i'm thinking okay that's a great idea so i know i'm <laughs> A, I know that some of my friends, um, like Lauren, she's a photographer, she's out in England, and another guy, he sent me, and he was out in England way as well, he sent me two um, little videos. So obviously you've been teaching that wow, that strategy wow, because, you know, they're filtering down to hit New Zealand. But I was thinking, well, that's a really cool idea, you know, for me to reach out to other speakers at like or people I met at Social Media Marketing World for my overseas, um, mm. when I go – to Meta Meta, to Hobbit, to Hobbiton, I should film a whole lot of videos at Hobbiton and just go, hey, guys, just coming in from, um, you know, New Zealand, here I am, just um, this is the lounge and, you know, so they think that I'm in Hobbiton, you know, I'm a hobbit.
0: And, you know, I, can't <laughs> I believe love I, that I idea. I can't believe I just you, told you, you that. <laughs> no, but you, well, you know, but you, yeah, I, I think that is absolutely what you need to do. So, yeah, this, I, I, I kind of, what I, what I what I was teaching in my talk at Social Media Marketing World is instead of just saying thank you to people, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but, you know, if somebody has shared your article yeah. or followed you or something, you know, you want to say it's the nice thing to do, isn't it? Thank you for sharing yeah. my article. And I generally want to thank people. But you can end up just like not quite copying and pasting. Thank you for following me. Thank you for this. It can end up being kind of like robotic and yeah. it's, and I think that's a real shame. So I like to people to come up with their own thank you replacement list. So instead of just saying, thanks, you're going to add value to that. You're going to just, you know, it's, it's not thank you end of conversation. Yeah. It's starting the conversation with people. So it could be things like, you know, ask people how they're doing, you know, ask them what they're doing in their business send, make, make a joke, you know, send an animated GIF, um, it, it uh, share one of their articles and it, or it could be send a video, you know, go, you know, send a, a video from Hobbiton, whatever, you know, yeah. there are all these things that you can do. And it seems ridiculous that we have to kind of almost write these things down, but I think we need to, because we forget to be human on Twitter sometimes because it's, yeah. it's a digital platform it's 140 characters and, and we kind of forget actually what we can do. Um, so it's starting the conversation and, and building a tribe, building your, you know, committed, uh, audience of uh, super fans, uh, which is what you want to do. You want to build that tribe on, on Twitter. So, um, some ideas there.
1: Wow. They, uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. You know, we, we concentrate on particular platforms, and then we just oh, we've got to use that as well. So we'll just set out some links and don't actually take the time to pay attention to what everyone else is saying and listening. Yeah. A lot of listening, and you know, for one, I love I love Twitter because I can search. You know, I teach our clients to search the competition, check them out, see what they're talking about, and I love the fact that everyone's available. So, you know, if I've got a question and I want to reach out to Murray Smith, I can send her a tweet. And, you know, she mm. always replies. It's just, you know, you've got that access to people that you normally wouldn't have access to.
0: Yeah, you're so right. And I think the data when it comes to Twitter is one of the most powerful things. So yeah. you can, I mean, there's no other platform where it's so open. You know, Facebook isn't as open because of you know, all well, the privacy settings. So you can basically do a search for uh, hashtags. You can do geo searches. So you could find what are people talking about? I don't know, printers in New Zealand. Um, and you can even search for sentiment. You can, you know, search for little smiley faces or uh, so much that you can do. And, uh, you know, you so you can you know, look at your what's your competition saying, you know, look for new potential um clients you know you you can look at what what other people are saying and uh follow them and, and engage in the conversation so it's, it's an incredibly powerful network and i think we've forgotten that i think we need to kind of almost fall back in love with twitter
1: yeah i mean it definitely was my favorite platform and um I, uh, yeah, I don't just spend enough time on it now. I, uh, do you use Hootsuite? I don't know you said earlier you did the seven, <laughs> are you still <laughs> an advocate Hootsuite?
0: So I, I still have an account, but I, I use a few other tools. So I actually, for Twitter, I still sometimes use TweetDeck, um, for, you know, it's a very good tool for adding things like Twitter lists and searches, uh, yeah. and things like that. Or you could use, um, you could use a, a tool such as um, I forgot what it's called now. Uh, Tweetbot for for Mac is pretty good, um, but the tool I use uh, for it, it, which is my alternative to Hootsuite is Agora Pulse. It actually now now it's becoming um, Hootsuite's actually become quite a lot more expensive. The prices have gone up. So Agora Pulse. Used to be kind of a lot more expensive than Hootsuite, but the price prices are kind of almost getting kind of relatively similar. So, Agora Pulse basically helps with um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And the thing I really like about Agora Pulse is when it comes to replying to people, mm. I lose my place sometimes on Hootsuite and and Twitter. You know, I forget who I've responded to. So if you've got like fifty people. Uh, over the past two or three days who've sent you a tweet you know, or, or replied to you, on a Agorapulse you can reply to them and then they disappear from view. You've dealt with them. They, they've archived in the same way as you would with email. So I really like that. It enables me to get through all those mentions really, really quickly.
1: Wow. I might have to go check it out. I mean, I still use Hootsuite. Um, it's been a platform that I've used for ages. But there are frustrations that I have with it as well that I get. Um, and I'm one of these people who doesn't schedule um, outside of Facebook. I, um, I schedule mm. within Facebook because I, I feel, for me personally, I feel if I schedule from another platform, it's almost out of sight, out of mind. You know? yeah. So I need to yeah. be you know, on touch of everything. So, it, yeah, that just definitely helps me. Now, you mentioned a few things, and uh, one was uh, earlier in the conversation we talked about uh, Twitter chats. Um, for those in the audience who have no idea what they are, do you want to just talk a little bit about what the Twitter chat is and and how it works and how how people could use it?
0: Well, Twitter chats are effectively it's 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 it it, they started as a way really as kind of um people following a particular hashtag so a hashtag is a way to uh kind of categorize a a tweet or a conversation so if you're going to talk about twitter tools you could use the hashtag twitter tools and the the great thing about that is that you can then do a search in twitter for everyone who is talking about hashtag twitter tools and that actually becomes like a chat room. So if you if you do this, you can just put that into search, and then you, if you go to um, if you watch it, the, the latest tweets, you can then see them coming in. If if people are using that hashtag regularly, so it it basically becomes a kind of chat room, and so a Twitter chat is basically uh, a group of people that have decided, or it could be just one or two people that organise this, that. We're going to talk about a particular subject It's usually for about an hour sometime in the week and everyone comes together. Everyone uses that hashtag and can basically be involved with that chat just by doing a Twitter search. So uh, I was involved with one called uh, social ROI. So that's a, a, one called um, hashtag social ROI last week or a couple of weeks ago. And there's also one called Twitter Smarter, uh, which I was a member of. So. Uh, I was involved with that and you can basically reply to people. Uh, and usually sometimes you get with these Twitter chats, there's like a free for all, basically loads of people just talking to with each other, sharing some wisdom or whatever. But usually they're a bit more structured and there'll be um, a, a, somebody who's actually chairing the, the, the chat or organizing it. And then there'll be somebody who is like the special guest for that week. And they'll be answering a, uh, Usually it's kind of seven or eight or maybe up to 10 questions and then everyone else can get in involved. But the great thing about that is it's a great, it's a a way to find new people that to connect with. And it's a great way to build your engagement, to uh, get your message out there. Uh, They are quite, depending on the, on the Twitter chat that you get, involved with they can't be quite overwhelming to begin with <laughs> my advice is don't worry about that just just um don't worry if you miss the odd tweet you know just just um see the tweets that you that come in uh, and get involved as much as you can and it's a it's a really really powerful way even on a, on a local level uh, a national level or an international level you'll be able to find a twitter chat for you just by uh, doing some searches on twitter
1: yeah and um are they quite popular over, you know, your way? Because I'm not necessarily sure they're really popular over this way, but then I haven't been in Twitter enough to sort of pick up to see if they are.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, oh. I, mean, they, they, I mean, I can't talk specifically about New Zealand, but I can, you know, they are, they are internationally, they are very popular. You, you know, you you need to find for your particular niche, you need to have a look and find, if there are any Twitter chats and if there aren't any Twitter chats for your niche, then you can always create one. If you've yeah. got an audience of people who want to discuss a particular topic, then why not spread the word? Say, look, next Tuesday at 9 p.m., we're going to talk about knitting, you know, yeah. <laughs> and do a hashtag. Come up with a hashtag. Get these people together. Make sure they put the hashtag at the end of each of the um, each of the tweets they're sending out. And and you can follow that. So, uh definitely something to, to check out. And it's, I think you'll be surprised uh, about how many Twitter chats there are there. There's a number of places that you can, that have directories of Twitter chats. Oh, wow. um, I I never kind of remember what they are because they keep changing, but you can probably do a Google search for Twitter chat directory and you'll be able to find hopefully one that's up to date. And there's also a tool called tweet chat. So if you go to tweetchat.com, this actually makes being involved with a, a Twitter chat even easier because it effectively display displays the tweets like a chat room and you don't even have to type the the hashtag each time. It will do that for you so you can just be involved with the chat. So that's probably a good good place to start. Go to tweetchat.com and uh, just put the hashtag in the top log into Twitter and you you can then get involved with the Twitter chat and just, just see how you get on.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. And I think people who are listening are going to just love that and jump in and maybe hopefully design some tweet chats for themselves, for their company or for their niche. Um, yeah, that's definitely something I'm going to maybe concentrate on as well. And we were talking earlier about how you know, Twitter is so noisy. Um, You know, I know how I use this, but uh, I'll let you take the stage. Uh, How do you um, make it less noisy so that you can talk to, you know, keep track of the people you've already had connections Mm with? Is there any um, tips and tricks that you use?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, to begin with, when you when, if you're just new to Twitter, you know you're probably you you're not going to be following that many people, and you're not going to have that many people following you. So it it will take time to grow that audience. You'll probably find things manageable to begin with, but you'll as soon as you start following more and more people, your Twitter timeline will just become. At some point, it will become unmanageable. You'll look at it and it's just like, oh my goodness, you know, where do I even start? So I I, I can't remember how many people I'm following. I'm probably following around twenty thousand people Whoa. and this th- th- that sounds an awful lot but i have been on twitter for a, a good number of years and although i don't follow back everyone who follows me i i do want to kind of maintain the relationship with a lot of these people and i don't want to unfollow so, uh, you know um the vast majority of those people so how on earth when you go to twitter can you can you make sense of all of that there's just no way you can you can make sense of twenty thousand. uh people the tweets from 20,000 people. So the way I, I, I do this is I use Twitter lists and this is a bit of an underused part of Twitter, Mm. but it's, you don't, you basically, you can add anyone to one of your Twitter lists. You create a Twitter list. So I've got two main ones. I've got a local one and I've got one, what I call my seriously social awesome Twitter list. And that one, is for all the people that I really, really want to follow. Those are the people that i I never want to kind of miss any of their tweets They are the people that I really kind of care about and I want to hear them from. So what I do is i I add all of those people to my list. I don't necessarily have to follow them as well. like that they could, you know but they're in that list. And then I go to that list in Twitter and I follow the tweets from all the people in that list. So that's probably about two hundred. People in that list, and that's far more manageable. So I always, I always, the, the first place I go to when I go to Twitter is, is usually one of those lists. And then sometimes what I'll do is I'll then zoom out and see, uh, I'll, I'll look at the, the tweets from my wider uh, audience, from my, the people that I followed, <laughs> the whole twenty thousand people. And occasionally I'll find a gem in that, and I'll find somebody who's tweeting some really, really good quality content. And I will occasionally move one of those over to one of my lists. So that's what I do. And I also use a tool that helps with this, particularly if you follow and you have a lot of followers, it can get quite difficult. So I use a tool called Manage Flitter, which enables me to quickly add people into lists and unfollow people, follow people based on different criteria. It gets a bit geeky, but it's actually quite easy to use. And it's definitely a tool I'd uh, recommend checking out.
1: So, how would you think um, a company—they're new to Twitter—how could they use it to, um, you know, get a get ahead of their competitors? Or um, especially hmm. with using lists, do you think they should, you know, put their um, competitors into lists or oh
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so you, so the, there are two types of lists you can have a public list and a, and a private list so i would absolutely put your competitor create a list of all your competitors you probably want to make that private yeah. um and and then you can keep you can keep on track of what they're doing and the other thing that you can do is you can then look at all the people in all the Twitter accounts in that list, and then look at all the people that they're following or that are following them. You could potentially look at following those, those people because those, the people that are following your competitors are probably likely to want Mm. to follow you because you're probably going to be talking about similar things. So that's another thing to do that. That would help with a managed flitter would help with that. You can actually, um, do a, do a little kind of search for all the people that follow a particular Twitter account. And you can do things like, you know, exclude, you know, potentially spammy people and, uh, you know, all, and set a minimum number of followers. And then you can follow those people back, but starting with a Twitter list, uh, for your competitors, you could have a Twitter list for your customers, your clients or potential customers and clients. And, uh, and over time you could, uh, You know, engage with those people, try and get them into your main audience and eventually become your customers.
1: Mm. And I'll just give you a tip on how I do it. Um, So I use uh, my Twitter list for my media and PR. So I put all my media, PR, journalists, editors, um, production crew, um, people who are working on particular shows. I put them in a list and I keep engaging with them. Um, and then they you know, follow back and get to know who you are. They recognize your name. Um, and I've got a lot of media attention because I've used Twitter in that way. And that's definitely something that people can do, especially if yeah. they want to be in different magazines or they want to be in the newspaper.
0: That's a, that's a really good tip. Yeah, so it's, it's not – I think it's like most, most social media – uh, the, the kind of the right strategy is not going in there for the hard sell. It's just being visible yeah. and getting involved with the conversation. And a, another tip that I heard uh, from a, a friend of mine in the UK who is um, involved in in PR and uh, getting 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 you being able to submit an articles to newspapers is put your phone number in your Twitter bio. So we've not really talked about Twitter bios, but it, it kind of seems a bit weird. Why would you put your phone number in your Twitter bio? Mm. But if you are wanting to be picked up by journalists and, uh, you know, you want to be an expert, uh, contacted as an expert on a particular subject, a lot of journalists just want to pick up the phone and, and they, they want you quickly. So the best way to do that is to phone you up. And so uh, there was, this was a tip from uh, somebody called uh, Janet Murray uh, in the UK. And she always recommends putting your phone number in the bio.
1: Wow. They, I would. Yeah, I feel funny about that. I feel like I, know. <gasps> I don't want everyone ringing me. I don't want everyone knowing my number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like, do you know what? I'm exactly the same. So yeah. that's why I haven't done it. But yeah. I think it depends on, uh, yeah. it probably depends on, you know, your business and what you're wanting yeah, to do. And true. maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't put your actual mobile your cell phone number, you know, you might want to have like, I don't know, a burner phone. You can put on that. It uh, anyway, it's it's, a, it's for... an interesting tip that some people might want to use.
1: Yeah. And it certainly would be a good idea for a company to put their phone number there as well, because you know, everyone, you've got to re- remember that when people are wanting to contact you, they, they want that number right now. So having your business number on the top of your website. So, you, you know, it's always, that's really a good idea
0: on your Facebook
1: page as well and stuff like that. Wow, I mean, oh, I could talk to you for ages. (laughs) We could like just, (laughs) let's just, you know, flag the rest of the day and chat about uh, Twitter in different ways. I mean, you've given so many great tips. I love the idea that, you know, do those little videos. And I definitely noticed, you know, at Social Media Marketing World this year, um, gifts were a really um, prominent, you know, I noticed last year we didn't use them very much. But this year, it was almost like everyone was using them just to express themselves and the things that they've seen. And um, I, lo- I love gifts. I, I sort of <laughs> didn't like them in the beginning. I was sort of like, mm, yeah, I'm an adult. That's,
0: that's. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm the same. You know, yeah, I, I kind of still, to be quite honest, I still kind of, I, I, kind of don't want to like them, but I kind of secretly do. And, yeah. and maybe I should just come out and say, look, I, I really do like them. Yeah. So, I, I think they just they can just really express how you're feeling in a, in a very kind of funny way. And so I, I like them, and you can even create your own. So, um, I don't know if you met Andrew and Pete, uh, who are no. uh, basically they were a. a Uh, A business based in in the UK, they were speaking at Social Media Marketing World and something that they've done is they've created their own GIFs and you can do this. You can actually uh, go to Giphy.com and create your own GIFs and upload them on there. And people, if you, I think actually, if you do a hashtag, if you do a search for hashtag Uh, No, sorry, in in Giphy, if you search for Andrew and Pete, all one word, you can find their GIFs. So um, you can even submit your own and get people to use those GIFs as well, which is a really cool idea.
1: Oh, my gosh, that's so good. And I'm going to create my own. But I love GIFs more. Actually, I've started to use them in my um, Facebook group communities because you get more engagement. So if you're saying something and then you've got a really good funny GIF there, I get more people talking about the GIF and then they're, yeah. you know and then they're engaging in the conversation and it's sort of it's a good icebreaker that's for sure and um, yeah i didn't want to like them but <laughs> definitely converted it's crazy
0: yeah i know i know it's it's got it's got to happen it's like it's like emojis and all that kind of stuff you know we, we resist the temptation but it's futile really isn't it <laughs> yeah
1: um yeah well i'm not a very big a big on emojis yet i still sort of refuse and um it was funny, the other night I was talking to my teenager and we were talking about the chocolate swirl emoji and I actually thought it was like an ice cream swirl emoji, you know, like, you know, for, on top of a cone. And, Br- yeah. and Bryn was like, uh, no, mum, that's a poo. <laughs> <I was> horrified, <laughs> horrified because it's smiling. So I was using it with my mum. I was sending it to my <laughs> mum. And um you know she was oh I love that. She was so offended cuz she was like stop sending me poo. <laughs> I was like I'm not. I'm sending you a smiley ice cream.
0: <laughs> anyway, well, there we go. Maybe one one person's a smiley ice cream is another person's poo. I don't know. That's no. uh, that's a whole other topic of conversation.
1: I oh, know oh that's it was so funny. Anyway, um, it was so good to have you on board um, chatting to me today. And I know my audience are going to love this Twitter advice. I know a lot of people um, are still scared about Twitter. They're just like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm not going to use it. But there are definite strategies, especially with what we've talked about today, that they could use it in a way they don't have to jump in and, you know, go full out. They could just slowly build a really small, um, engaged community community of people that will um, help them grow their business and and actually make friends, you know, engage with people on a whole different level.
0: Absolutely, you know, just just go do it. It's the same with with everything. Live video. It sounds scary, but just just try it. You know, what's the worst that's going to happen?
1: That's right. And um, everyone, I want you to go and check out um, Ian's website because he has got a blog there and he's got his little toolbox on there as well, so it is iag.me, so it's iag.me, and he's got, his blog alone is full of amazing information, you know, it's how to do Facebook Live, six video questions you may ask, you know, um, the best course creation tools, so basically everything you need is there, and he, um, go check him out, Um, he's also an international speaker as we've talked about, And a very talented singer. So, if anyone wants a singer, you know, let's bring him down to New Zealand because he's got an amazing voice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd love that. Any excuse to come back to New Zealand, definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, yeah. And one of your friends is um, popping in. You know, Samantha Kelly? Oh, yeah. So, she's a Twitter goddess, is that right?
0: That's right, yeah, yeah, and she's she's somebody she's another person that I met at the Manchester conference. I was speaking to at the beginning, you know. Yeah. So many people that we were connected at, at that one conference. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, so I'm speaking at a conference called Social Media New Zealand in September, September fifteenth and sixteenth, and um, they're flying Samantha down to speak on Twitter as well. So, that's, oh, that's awesome. She's yeah. she's
0: great. I, I really love Samantha.
1: That's great. Yeah, no, she is, and she's adorable as well. She's she's so engaged if you want to know how to be engaged on twitter go follow yeah. samantha kelly she's so engaged i wake up in the morning and there's like 20 tweets from her and i'm like <laughs> who's talking to me it's like crazy <laughs> so thank you once again Ian. i really um i would love if i can invite you back on and talk about your expertise with facebook live because i know you're the expert in that as well um in the next few weeks and i really appreciate you coming on board with us today
0: that's oh, been a total pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you. Right. So, um, just before N uh, disappears, I just want to talk to you guys about our sister podcast. As you know, worldpodcast.com has a whole lot of great podcasts in our uh, little cupboard. Uh, so, you've got. Two amazing podcasts I want to talk about today is The Fearless Kitchen from Vanessa Baxter. If you're interested in food and understanding uh, different types of food and love to hear from different chefs all around the world, bakers, um, all those expertise in the food industry, go check out Vanessa Baxter's blog. podcast called The Fearless Kitchen. And then also Blair Walker has just released his new podcast called Pro Video Podcast. It's absolutely amazing. Everything about video, producing video um, and doing videos, how to design a video type business, Blair Walker is the one you want to listen to. So once again, thank you all for being with me today and I look forward to catching up with you next time.
0: The Social Media Strategy Podcast, where you learn from the world's leading social media strategists. Brought to you by worldpodcast.com.